This is the Too Fat to Play podcast. I am Austin. That is Ryan. The NFL Conference Championship weekend has come and passed, and we have the game that both of us wanted, but neither of us were rooting for, because this makes everything so much, and I feel like you can say better and worse. Sure, shit makes it more difficult. For uh, for the remainder of the season on this podcast, the next two weeks are going to be interesting. As we've discussed a little bit, we, we already have some... Not very often do we differ uh, strongly on on games, and I feel like we are kind of at that point right now. Um, but the, the game that you know Jason and Travis got it last year, this year it's our turn. We uh we get we get the matchup to go straight across one side of the table to the other, and. Uh, this is this is gonna be gonna be interesting. Um, I think we're gonna save some of the Super Bowl stuff for next week. Um, but before we get into it, we need to talk about our friends over in Humboldt. All right, so guys, been telling you all season, lovely little place right there on the square where you can play golf indoors in the heat, in the AC, out of the elements. The bar's just about a dozen steps away. Unless you're in booth one, in which case it's like three. Yeah, you, you can tumble out of booth one and right into the bar and not even hurt yourself. I don't know. Pretty great place to hang out, have a couple drinks, play a few rounds. Sticks Golf Lounge, Humboldt, Kansas. Tell them Ryan and Austin sent you. Chase will be waiting to hear from you. That's for damn sure. Let's get into it. We got the big game coming up in two weeks. We've got your team versus my team for the second time in four years. The rematch that <laughs> the rematch that pisses Raiders off the most. Oh, which God! Uh, quite just... frankly, the the fact that the Raiders' first super the the, the Allegiant Stadium, <coughs> Arrowhead West. I'm sorry, the first time they host a Super Bowl. <laughs> It's the Kansas City Chiefs in their home reds in the home locker room against the San Francisco 49ers. The two most hated teams by Raider Nation converge and somebody gets to celebrate on that field. Just kind of makes you giddy inside, doesn't it? It the video I sent you this morning pretty much summed it up. The only way I could see it getting better, and it would probably just be for us two, would be as if it was in Dallas. I mean, that would also be great, but... But the, the rivalry between the, the, the hatred, three... The hatred from, from team to team, from both directions for the Raiders, makes it phenomenal. I mean, it's it's like the Cowboys hosting a Super Bowl between... I don't even know who, the some, Giants and some magic way that the Packers played the Giants, <laughs> like that's no shit. Like th- that's what this equates to, and I think it's phenomenal. I, I think it's great. Um, great for the league. Great for the city of Las Vegas. Nobody cares about the fans. 
Well, I mean, there is a Chiefs flag under the 50-yard line anyhow, so it's all good in the end. It, but uh, let's let's talk about, I mean, the games that were. Um, obviously, R- Ryan um, is not a little stitious. He is. He is in fact superstitious. <laughs> I'm a lotle stitious. <laughs> He's a lotle. Um, I I would say I would say big time, but uh, that would be the adverse of the screen that you've watched the last two games on. <laughs> That's no joke. Yeah, I the last two ha- halves of uh, last two halves of games that I have I've watched have come on. Uh, YouTube TV on my phone and not full screen, not even in the app. It's when you when you swipe up from the bottom of the screen, and it gives you like the little movable screen so you can do other things. Yeah, that's that's where it's come from. I can't argue with results. Kyle Shanahan one and thirty in games where he's trailing in the fourth quarter. That one come two weeks ago. And if or I guess title game. 0 and 17 down no, or is it 0 and 19? I think it was 0 and 19. Down 17 mm-hmm. coming into half. 1 and 19 now. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> granted I didn't put the game on a small screen. I didn't I didn't watch it on my phone. I left it on the big TV. Because I was like, okay, this can't possibly go down without a fight. Like, the Lions were the better team in the first half. They executed. They ran the ball well. And the Niners looked like trash. Absolute trash. Two games in a row. And they come out, handle their business in the second half. Detroit comes out pretty flat in the second half. But it's easy to be flat when you're getting smacked with a sledgehammer every time you move. Um, and, and, I mean, give San Fran their credit. Give, I mean, D- Detroit, admittedly, at the end of the game, I was sitting there going, I feel bad for Detroit. I, 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 I is such a magical season. Such I mean from a team that hasn't been there in 67 years. A team that's never played in a Super Bowl. A team that hasn't had any sort of happiness in the postseason since 1991. A team that has been drugged through the mud to come out to have that season. You know, and I know we've talked about this a little bit where a lot of people are blaming Dan Campbell or, you know, you can't go for it there. You can't you can't do this. You can't do that. But we've we kind of look at it the same way is, yes, it's a questionable coaching decision, not arguing that it's the same coaching decision that got you to hosting it playoff game to hosting a second playoff game granted the same decision making is why you weren't play for the one seed 
the same decision making is what cost you the game in Dallas. Yes. Sometimes being overly aggressive comes back to bite you in the ass. It's it's going to happen. But what's made the Lions so fun, what's made the Lions such an enjoyment to watch is since week one, they've been going for it on fourth down in the first half. Since week one, they went for it on fourth down on the first drive of the season. What's made Detroit so fucking enjoyable, the reason all of us, Chiefs fans, Niner fans, Packer fans, every fucking person, the reason everybody was rooting for Detroit in some capacity, I realize once the once that ball is kicked off Sunday evening, you have no good feelings for Detroit. I know how this works because you know what? I was really happy with the way Baltimore season had gone. I was really happy for them. That ball kicked off Sunday afternoon. I didn't give a fuck about a single person that cared for the color purple, let alone rooted for Baltimore. Whenever you, whenever you're playing them it's easy to hate the other team. As somebody that got to watch that game, because I I wanted I wanted to see both of those teams in the Super Bowl. Like I, As a Chiefs fan, I knew my spot was secure. There were scenarios I wanted to see both of those teams play in the Super Bowl. I wanted to see the Niners because I think if the Chiefs beat the Niners, that secures them as one of the best teams, one of the best playoff runs in NFL history. I wanted to see Detroit because who didn't want to see Detroit play for a Super Bowl? Who didn't want to see Jared Goff have a chance to win it with a team that took him, I mean, literally was like, oh, you guys just don't fucking want him. The team that took him in, the team that brought in Dan Campbell, a coach that we all laughed at in his introductory press conference. I mean, it was an old boy with the Jets doing the fucking crazy eyes, but he, he his introductory press conference was biting people's kneecaps off. We were all there to enjoy what Detroit did this season. We all enjoyed the run they went on. But when your boy says they're going to lose in the NFC Championship game before the season to the San Francisco 49ers... Maybe you should fucking listen to him. That was the one game that we differed on <laughs> at the beginning of the season. I had the matchup right. For half the game, I was <laughs> very right. I was very, very right. When it comes to playoff time, here I sit. What am I now? One for one for twelve? Or one, one loss out of twelve possible yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've missed one game through the playoffs. I remember correctly. Last year at the Super Bowl, I called the entire final two drives, the final score, the game winner, and how the game winner was going to go down. Mm-hmm. That that is correct. Look, we might be fat, we might be bearded, we might sound stupid. You get us into playoff football mode, we know one of us is going to nail every single pick. And let's be honest, 
Houston upsetting Cleveland, first game of the wild card. We thought Cleveland, their run was going to continue. Nobody, unless somebody was desperate, had Houston actually coming in and winning that game like we wanted it to happen, and it did. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be wrong. I was wrong. I picked I, I picked Cleveland. You picked Cleveland. We picked Cleveland because Joe Flacco had that team rolling, unlike any other quarterback. I just ain't missed yet. Yeah. I don't plan on missing this week either. First and last, baby. First and last. As we already know who you picked next week. You had to do that last yeah, week. Yeah, you bastard. <laughs> Hey, man, I was not involved in this. And quite frankly, after my performance divisional weekend, I wouldn't have been involved in it anyhow. A little upset based on that because a few of the people found out who I was picking, I think. Because no way in hell the five people below me, directly below me in the uh, leaderboard, all picked Niners and Chiefs. No way. Not with the... Uh, Ravens being favored like they were. Right. And all of the money being on Detroit. I mean, admittedly, being being where we're at, Kansas City being picked probably doesn't no, that, that part, outweigh. But the Niners... Especially after they played the Packers like they did. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Get out of my face with I mean, that shit. I mean, there's. But did were were your picks posted before other everybody else picked? So that's just it. They didn't post the picks until midway through the Niner game. So I I know there's no way that they could have found out what I picked, but at the same time they had they either a listened in. We only had fourteen listens. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I can account for thirteen of those. I I think I know who those people are. No way in hell. Something didn't get fucking said somewhere. I'm not saying Chase did it. Love Chase. All I'm saying is really weird that everybody directly below me picked Niners Chiefs and then for the Super Bowl winner picked the Chiefs. So the Niners win it all. It's all a moot point. Niners lose. It goes into tiebreaker. Because that'll put me at two losses with everybody else. And then we go to points. I had 59 points total. So essentially 28-21. Somehow the tw weird 25-23 that comes up a little bit more often than you think it should. Hmm. I'm surprised there's that many that people that close to you, honestly. There's five of them. Five or six of them. Yeah, I know. A little upset. <laughs> Not liking it. It is what it is. I'm sticking to my guns. That being said, we got to talk a little bit of bang or uh, Bengals. They've been out for a while. Lions and Baltimore. Some Ravens. The two teams that we won't be seeing in the Super Bowl. The matchup everybody was hoping for. Yep. And it's really f weird because I figured the Niners might get a little bit more love, but apparently losing three straight in NFC Championship games means that they hate you. Fuck off. Just try going to five Super Bowls in three years. I there. would fucking love to. <laughs> Winning two of them. Fuck off. 
one of them against San Francisco I 49ers. kick you in the nuts. Wearing the reds. Moving on. So, we've already kind of gone over Detroit a little. And like I said, man, all love out to the city of Detroit. Um, I, as somebody that has a vested interest in, in watching you squirm for the next two weeks, because let's face it, every 49er Hall of Famer could come out of retirement in their prime to play this game. And you would still go, yeah, but they have 15. So I get to watch you squirm over that. I text you Sunday at like 8.45. And I said, so, if I have a Super Bowl party, are you going to come? Or would you like to come? Or I invited you to a party that I think I'm going to have to have. 36 hours later, you respond with, I don't know. I still don't know. Here we are, 48 hours later. I still don't know. Just in case you're wondering where Ryan's at mentally. His best friend, the guy he does a podcast with. One of the groomsmen in each of our weddings sit across from each other at least once a week and do something we love for the 14 people of you that listened last week. Will not give me an answer on whether or not he's going to come to a party that I'm throwing. A party that we had a lot of fun at last year. Last year, the rooting interests were the same. I mean, it'll basically be the same. Oh. I mean, aside aside from one asshole, I mean, everybody's going to be rooting for the same team. Where did Baltimore go wrong? What did they not do? Run the football. The Kansas City Chiefs gave up 182 rushing yards to Buffalo. You know who's got a better rushing game than Buffalo? San Francisco. Baltimore. Oh. That's the first time Baltimore's been held under 100 rushing yards since 2021. Well, when you only run it 16 times in the game. When you only give it to your running backs six times, one of your running backs was averaging seven yards a carry. I get it, it's on three carries. Why the fuck did you come out and go, hey, Lamar, we're going to out-throw Patrick Mahomes? Not only that, Which, by the way, he fucking did. Why, why did third and fourth quarter, where were his legs? He was holding on to the ball way too long. Say, what, what terrified me about Baltimore is... Run, 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 play action, Lamar scramble. That's how you beat Kansas City if you're the Ravens. There was none of that. There was no threat of the run game. Baltimore came out and Todd Munkin went, you want to be the guy that throws the ball? We're going to throw the ball. 
So for the second consecutive week, my take on the Chiefs opponent is going to be the exact fucking same. Baltimore panicked. And I would say Baltimore panicked a lot, a hell of a lot harder than Buffalo did. Buffalo agree. played their game till the last minute. They panicked in the, fi- in the waning seconds of the game. They panicked at the end. Kansas City came out, went down their throat, scored, gave the ball back. Baltimore got lucky on a busted-ass play, a busted-ass coverage, where you have my middle linebacker covering your fastest wide receiver, Saw it, diagnosed it, threw the ball, Zay Flowers touchdown. Tied ball game 7-7. I texted Isbro at that moment and point in time. I was like, I'm hoping this would be an easy game. Clearly the switch is going down to the wire. Kansas City comes out. Did they get a field goal right after that? Was that where was that where they got there? No, they went up. No, they, they went up they 14. Went up, they went up 14-7. Scored. At that moment, I don't know why, Baltimore completely destroys the run game. Whatever plan they had for the run game was gone, and it made no sense. None whatsoever. I, I, I did not understand. Like Anytime they ran the ball, they had success. They, I mean, they had... 16 carries for like 80-something yards as a team, which isn't great. Not when you have Lamar at quarterback. But the fact that Lamar was the leading rush attempt guy, hell, he had more rushing attempts than your running backs combined. I don't know what the, this is not baseball, like you keep pulling on your ears real quick. Try to get him to pop. Um... Like, the, the idea to go into a ball game where a team that has one weakness on defense. Because if you try to beat Kansas City to the outside, you're going to lose. If you try to beat Kansas City over the top, you're going to lose. Like, Kansas City's biggest weakness, and with Willie Gay coming back, it erases some of it, you run between the three guys in the middle. You put the ball behind their ass and you push. You're going to get yards. That's how Buffalo got yards. For some reason, whenever they played Miami, granted Miami, we know, it was cold, but they tried to run off tackle. That's not how you get yards against Kansas City. The yards you get against against Kansas City are the yards where you go between the tackles. It's been that way all fucking year. And Baltimore completely disregarded that entire part of the game, which is the thing that makes Baltimore so difficult to beat. I I don't under I, I understand why teams panic when Patrick Mahomes has a lead on you. I understand why teams panic when Patrick Mahomes comes out and is slinging the ball around the field. 
I understand why people panic whenever Travis Kelsey has nine catches in the first half on nine targets. I understand why you should panic. Because when the greatest playoff combo ever is rolling, you've got something to worry about. But as a team that has the MVP, that has the best rush game over the course of the last three years that we've seen in NFL history, that has the defense you have, you know you're not giving up 20 points. That's what your defense is designed to do. And if you're Kansas City, you know you're not giving up 20 points. That's what your defense is designed to do. That's what they're good at. When when that game got to half, Kansas City had a 10-point lead. That ball game was over. Because you're not getting two scores on Kansas City's defense. Especially not when you're trying to beat them over the top. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, their corners all year have been quietly the best in the league. I mean, and you got Humphreys back this game. Like, you got Marlon Humphrey back. I just, I don't understand why the panic that set in in Baltimore was Lamar to go over the top. Lamar, I I will not use the running back playing quarterback argument. No. That's not what I believe Hell no. Lamar he showed it all season. He showed that he's a true quarterback in this league. And I, I, ref, I absolutely refuse to engage in that conversation because that's not what Lamar is. Lamar is one of the greatest rushing quarterbacks we've ever seen who is an above-average passer. Yeah, I'll like, take that. I, is he a great thrower of the football? No, he's not. Is he a pretty good thrower of the football? Yeah, I'll give him that. He's made throws this year that absolutely give him that. He's got the arm strength, touch kind of off and on, but he's got the ability to make the throws. But if he's constantly, and we've seen this with Lamar, if you're constantly trying to go down the field with Lamar throwing the ball, something bad is going to happen. A bad decision is going to be made. Sometimes when you're tight end, who, albeit I'm a big fan of Isaiah Likely, sometimes when your tight end throws his hand up in, in triple coverage, you have to ignore it. You have to make the decision that we have seen. You have to not make the decision that we have seen Lamar make multiple times in his career. I, I, I don't want this to be a knock on Lamar. I don't want this to sound like I'm just... Lamar sucks, Lamar. No. No, it, it I, felt like watching the game, like he was trying to make the best out of his play calling, but for some reason, his best was not using his legs when the play wasn't there like it has been in the past. It was, I'm going to force it. Yeah, he wanted to stand up and he want. like, I don't know if it's just how he looked at it. it. It almost felt like I'm going to beat Patrick Mahomes at Patrick Mahomes' game. I will take every team in the league that's trying to beat Patrick Mahomes when your quarterback's trying to be Patrick Mahomes. 
You know what Patrick Mahomes did in this game? Just what he had to. Can I say it? Absolutely. He was a game manager. He didn't need to be anything else. He was, what, 31 of 39 for 249 yards, 30 of which came on the last pass of the game. To everybody's surprise, MVS. He had two. Two of them. He, he, MVS has made two of the most important catches for, in the, for the Chiefs this, play, this postseason. So... When when you're playing a defense that is the Ravens' defense, we all know the old adage, you take what they give you. That's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did. Kansas City's defense, you take what they give you. What they're going to give you is a rush lane between the tackles. You've got a good line. You've got a good all the way across the board. Why you strategically erased your own advantage makes zero sense to me. And, and I, you know, I know everybody's blaming Lamar. Everybody's blaming Zay Flowers. And I. I believe both of those guys deserve blame. I'm not saying they're without it because at some point in the time, if Lamar wants to be what Lamar, what we're told Lamar is, you have to do it. Lamar is two and four in the playoffs. He's won two total games. You have to show me. You have to show me that you're that you are what you claim to be. You have to show me that at some point in time, whenever I'm thinking February football, that I have to consider you. And I have not seen that out of Lamar. I haven't seen it out of Josh. I mean, argue, right now we thought we seen it out of Joe. Yeah, I mean, right now the only argument you can make, and and I saw a video on this earlier. The only argument that you can make for an NFL rival for Patrick Mahomes is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's three and one against Patrick. He's beat him in an AFC Championship game. He's one of two quarterbacks that have beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. The other being Tom fucking Brady. That puts Joe on a pedestal that we have yet to find out if he truly deserves. I, I'm not... I, this isn't a knock against Burrow. You gotta stay healthy. I mean, I'm wrong. Patrick Mahomes' quarterback hit list that he's beat in the playoffs is a staggering fucking list. It's an impressive compilation. The guy's got 14 playoff wins. This is his sixth season. He's beat every quarterback that he can play against. And the the big three that you can argue right now, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. He's faced every single one of them in the championship game. He's one and one against Burrow. He hasn't lost the other two. I understand why teams panic when they play him, especially in January. 
I don't understand how an organization destroys its own identity to try and beat him at his game. Especially against this defense. Because this Kansas City defense, they may not be the best defense in football. I will argue that they are the best situational defense that we've seen in a long time. When the play has to be made, when the stop has to be made, that's when this defense is at its absolute prime. You're going to get yards. But are you going to get those yards when it matters most? And that's where this defense makes its bread. That's where this defense comes out on top. Because when you have to beat LeJarius Sneed down the field, even if you beat him, you get by him, that shit ain't over. When you have to beat McDuffie, you're not doing it. When you have to beat Chris Jones, and I don't know what Chris Jones' incentive is for winning the Super Bowl, but I hope it's at least a million dollars because apparently when a million dollars is on the line, that motherfucker plays. And I'm not trying to override the podcast here. Ryan's battling some breathing issues, so I'm I'm kind of taking a little more a little more lead, a little more monologue here. Guys, I'm trying to jump <laughs> in, but I am suffering over here. So we're we are going to keep this one short. Uh, next week, I we're, we're kind of going over details. My my schedule's a little hectic. I have three meets this week and next week. Um, so I I think we're gonna try and figure out how to do next week on how we want to do it. Uh, we have Tuesday and Friday that are legitimately open to record. We have Sunday that we can do something on. We don't know how we're going to do it yet, um, and it kind of depends on how Mr. McDeath over there feels because right now it, the, the only reason this is being recorded at the moment is because I won't be in town the next two days. Otherwise, it would have gotten pushed off. Yeah. Uh, um, I feel great. I really do. I just... The, the sign, it's like somebody shoved a cinder block through my nose. I can barely breathe. Um, no, I, I just thought it was an epic collapse by a team that had every right and every chance to come. Even in the second half, they had every opportunity. They just turn around and hand the ball off. And That's what kills me the most is at what point in that game were you to the point where you couldn't run the football? See, and I'm I'm going to kind of swing this over, kind of preview in next week's show. This is where I do feel the Chiefs are going to have a little bit of problem. I do think they're going to jump out to a 14-point lead on San Francisco. San Francisco's not going to give up on the run. They they have not once given up on the run. I agree. Like that that's th- that is quite frankly, the sole argument I have, because San Francisco's defense is a good defense, and I will not discredit them in any way, shape, or form. But until I get four straight quarters of the second half defense, yeah, then there's if, some if question you have marks. a bad half against, If you have a bad quarter against Patrick Mahomes, it's enough to lose a big game. It takes a bad quarter. If you have a bad half against Patrick Mahomes, um... 
look out. Especially with the way this offense is clicking at the moment. Because, yeah, th- this offense has, has returned to a form that we weren't sure they had. Granted, it's not the 2018 Chiefs. It's not the 2019 Chiefs. That's not what this offense is. But the ability to move the ball, the willingness to play beat-you-up offensive football from Kansas City, and the realization of, okay, you know what we're going to do. So stop it. Stop 15. Go ahead. Stop him. The willingness to play that game is absolutely astonishing for a team that solely relied on that offense. And that offense, I mean, at one point in time, we we openly admitted if Kansas City doesn't score 35, they lose. Right now, if Kansas City scores 35 on anybody, there ain't a fucking team that's going to be anywhere remotely close. Because this defense is opportunistic. They get turnovers when they na- when they have to. They are have an annoying fucking knack for other teams. And I know it's annoying because it pisses me off because I'm like, God, you guys fucking, oh, great pick. Like, that's how this team fucking operates. And, and I, I don't want to get too far into the game in two weeks. Like I'm, I, I want, I want to have, I, w- I want you healthy <laughs> and I want to have fun with the back and forth <laughs> that the next, the next week's going to bring out. But next week's going to get heated. I, I, can, I can already feel it. Absolutely. Because, and, 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 and I'm not going to th- throw this at you because I've been probably one of the biggest doubters not naysayers, but just doubters of what he can do. But if you don't think that with Brandon Ayuk and the second greatest tight end and not by far, you swap those two in the offenses and it's the same offense. Mm -hmm. And Debo Samuel, that 13 can't carve up the middle of your defense, then I think you're seriously overlooking what he's done. Because in the last two games, all he's done is found a way. You're saying that to the guy that has been the biggest Brock Purdy stan yeah. all no. fucking season. I, I, I know. <laughs> that, like, like I, I, I was in on your quarterback before you were. You were. <laughs> and, and that's kind of my point is now I, I watch two games that with Trey, they lose. With Jimmy, they lose. Absolutely. You you can't go back to another quarterback that's doing at least in a Niners uniform. You have to go back to Steve Young. Jeff Garcia wasn't doing this stuff. No. He he's right handed Steve Young. They're the same height. They're the same weight. He he's they've got the same running style. Scared, which fifteen does as well. They they run like a toddler who got yelled at. I just the upper half isn't moving. Bottom half is going that way. And away from you. So I, I I thought about this a lot shortly after the game. Taking a shower, get ready for bed, whatever. Um, 
I had kind of trying to map out how how this conversation is going to go because I know we we both have absolutely locked in exactly how this game's going to go, and, and that's going to be different. We know that. That's why I'm I am so interested to see how this goes whenever it truly gets let go and we when we just go after it because realistically we know the other team we we know each other's teams inside out inside upside out. down like we 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 know we spend a lot of time talking about these two football teams so we both have the understanding we both know that the quarterbacks are what the quarterbacks are the receivers are the lines are the we we know these teams very well so I've got one question to pose you before next week. Mm-hmm. Second half of the Lions game, Charverius Ward started moving with the number one wide receiver. They started playing more man. They need to. And you have to play man against Patrick Mahomes. That because and I'm the Niners should have learned this last time. You can't play zone against Patrick Mahomes. Well, you can for three and a half quarters. You can't when it matters most. No, you can't throw fucking Richard Sherman. In man against Tyreek Hill. Tyreek, or Sammy Watkins. Which, that never made sense to me. It's the same exact play he got burned on the week before, but... But Charvarius Ward starts to move. The only other guy that I'm afraid of is 87. Yeah, and you have, now, the, and you have the guy to... You have uh, the guys uh, to... Fifth, 54 reduce. can reduce that impact. If you're telling me I have to count on on Dre Greenlaw to drop back into coverage to cover MVS underneath, I'm taking that matchup every day of the week. Okay. Like I said, for me, the way I looked at this game, and, and my my biggest focal point on this game, is your wide receiver room quintessentially the same. I'm not saying... Emmanuel Sanders was still a very good wide receiver that year. I'm not saying he's Brandon Ayuk, and Debo hadn't formed into what Debo is. Quintessentially, it's a very similar wide receiver room. Tight end room, obviously, 85 still there. Your offensive line is worse. Yes. I'll, I'll take that. I, I, I mean, it, it's hard to, I mean, it, it's hard it's, to argue it's against hard, it. You're, the second best offensive lineman that you would have had was McGlin- is McGlinchey, and McGlinchey was fucking terrible last season. Like... There, there's a lot of questions about your offensive line. Granted, the Chiefs just lost Charles O'Minahue, which I don't understand how a guy that has an has a post game interview of, do I look like a guy that's not going to play the Super Bowl? Is the same guy that has an ACL tear? Shocked me. Your defensive line. Outside of fucking Chase Young, is better, but they they're better, but they don't seem to they don't wreak the havoc that they seemed to years ago. And we were talking pre-show. For some reason, the last two weeks, the Forty ers have been able to flip a switch and figure it out. Yeah, but linebacker room, obviously. Basically, the exact same locker, the exact same linebacker room, and your secondary is just as talented. You have one key change, and I am far more terrified of thirteen than I ever was a ten. 
10 did not scare me. Jimmy Garoppolo was not something that ever worried me. So I don't understand, like, anybody that's doubting the 49ers, I, I don't understand the doubt towards them. And, and that, I, I think, that's going to make an awesome Super Bowl. It's going to be a shootout. That's exactly what I'm anticipating. Uh, I see this being a, a shootout. Um, both quarterbacks going at it, whether that's Brock Purdy running for it or I I see Jawan Jennings being kind of a game changer in this one. So I'm I'm interested to see what the side to side action that San Francisco runs out on offenses. But anybody that's that's looking at the 49ers as we've beat them before, thirteen is a very big difference. And and I am I am ecstatic for the Super Bowl. I do believe Kansas City wins this. Like I, I, I will go ahead and say it. I said it before the NFC Championship game ended. The NFC Championship game to me didn't matter. Either team, I'm picking Kansas City. And Kansas City is not the dominant team. But and I feel like that's where what it's going to get them but I don't feel like the 49ers can dominate them. And and that that's what's going to make this so fucking intriguing. The Niners that have played the last two weeks, no. The last six weeks, no. That team that showed up week one, I get both teams have two weeks to prepare. You throw in Kyle Shanahan having two Super Bowls under his belt, having lost both of them with fourth quarter meltdowns. He came into that last Super Bowl with the the thought process of I'm not letting this one get away. We're gonna that that's why the Emmanuel Sanders throw was there. Mm-hmm. That's a different team. Obviously, you know that. Oh yeah, like I said, I'm I am excited. Like I, this is the game that neither of us wanted, but we both we were both hoping for. Like, not once did I ever hope for this shit. From the podcast standpoint, we, uh, I mean, because we don't get to have this opportunity. We don't get to have this conversation that we're going to have very often. Um, And and to prevent ourselves from getting too deep into that conversation, we're going to end this show here. We're going to get out of here, load up the cannons, load up the firearms. Let's have fun next week. We're going to have a full-on debate. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have some fun next week. We're gonna we're gonna see where this goes. And the bad thing is, in in a lot of ways, we we know what the arguments are going to be. Um, but it's gonna be fun. We're gonna get out of here. So enjoy the Pro Bowl if that's your thing. If not, enjoy the week off of football. Um, get rested up. Get ready. Too fat to play next week is gonna be hopefully a damn good time. And uh, we look forward to, to talking to you again then. But until then, be kind to each other, love one another, and always remember, fuck the Cowboys. Cowboys.